I want to start right off with Juan Carlos Gonzalez, Metro Councilor. One of the several really important questions on the ballot is the houseless initiative, the homeless initiative, running not only in the city of Portland, not only in the county of Multnomah, not the state of Oregon, but in the metro region as part of the regional government. That means everybody in that tri-county area will have a chance to vote on it. He is on the line, I believe, right this very minute. The measure would put $250 million over 10 years across the metro region into housing. Metro Councilor Juan Carlos Gonzalez, good morning. Hey, good morning, Jefferson. Thank you so much for having me. This is actually the first time that you and I have had a chance to talk. Am I correct about that? I think you're right. I think you're right. I feel so embarrassed about that. It's nice to hear your voice, man. It's great to hear you. I mean, I I feel like even though we're social distancing right now, I feel a connection, so I appreciate that. (laughs) How are you holding up, by the way? How are you spending your time? I'm doing all right. Um, Doing a lot of of reading. Uh, Started uh, doing some bike rides in my neighborhood and, um, you know, just just trying to do FaceTimes here and there and connecting with people. That's really important to me. There was traffic this morning. This is the first morning that was there? there was traffic wow. this morning. Well, it was, to be fair, to be fair, when it, it slowed down briefly, and it slowed down because a bus had pulled over on the left-hand side. It was like some sort of, you know, oh, yeah. not, not a TriMet bus, bus, and then some sort of trailer had pulled over on the other side. So it made it just a little squishy, just made a little, just made the pathway on the freeway a little narrow, and so that was why. But it was the first time that traffic had slowed in weeks, let's talk about the houseless. Let's talk about the homeless initiative. When did this first come across your desk? When do you realize, you know what? Maybe Metro won't just like run trash and you know govern the zoo, but we're actually going to get in the housing business. Well, I mean that's that's a that's a great question. Uh, my desk it definitely came in at the at the start of my term, which was in uh, early 2019. But Metro had been working on, on housing initiatives long before that, um, starting in 2010 with some of long-term regional planning kind of tools and outsets and things like that. And of course, in, in 2018, we took a, an affordable housing bond measure to voters and that measure passed. But that measure was always about building the, building the units, right? Putting, putting, up, the, putting up the homes. Uh, and then this measure, which started really convening a, a community, a, a group of community, really started convening around early 2018, around the time that the housing bond measure was, was getting finalized, the framework was getting finalized for the ballot. And uh, I think for a lot of folks, this has been uh, a part of the plan for a very long time. And I think that it's a response of the depth of the crisis, the desire of voters to see a solution and just the timing in general. Uh, there's a lot of momentum around housing issues around the country. Lots of momentum. And then what was the process to get to here? You're cutting out a little bit. Yes, absolutely. Uh, here together, the coalition of over 150 community members has worked pretty diligently on creating a framework uh, that has been vetted with multiple stakeholders throughout the region. I mean, we had the three county chairs uh, come to Metro and ask us to put this on the ballot a few months ago, a few weeks ago. Uh, and, you know, quite frankly, this process was was, was new to me uh, because Metro wasn't the, the agency owning the entire, you know, planning process from the beginning. But for me, it's something that I, I'm fairly proud of, honestly, 
because, you know, at a time when people are, you know, hungry, desperate for solutions around homelessness, we are able to find a way to be nimble and responsive. And I feel like people criticize government a lot for being reactive or being slow, et cetera. And uh, I think we just honestly recognize that we need to do something about this crisis and this measure. This measure had all the right elements for us to carry it forward. Were you surprised by the Oregonians' endorsement of a no position on Measure 26210? Uh, honestly, I'm not very surprised by <laughs> the Oregonians uh, these days. They did not support our parks and bond our parks and nature bond renewal last year, and cited some reasons that just felt really, in my opinion, out of touch. And I think, you know, when the voters resoundingly passed the measure in each county, um, which which is like never really been seen before in terms of those numbers in Washington and Clackamas County, paired with Multnomah County. Um, I just, I just don't know. Um, I, again, I feel really confident about the measure. Uh, I, I did a city club debate on Friday, and I spoke about how I truly feel like it was built to withstand the economy. And, and this might be one of your questions uh, coming up, but you know, the, the two tax mechanisms, the high income earners tax and and the business profits tax, it really, you know, it, it, it's a tax that that ask those that are doing the best that are doing well economically in this region you know to pay for supportive housing to help get people off the streets to help people stay housed if you're not doing well you're not going to be paying this tax if you're a huge company and you're not making a profit here you're not going to pay this tax uh but for those that do and for those households that do earn over thousand dollars a year i mean it's it's for me it's it's I feel really comfortable with that. With the Oregonians' critiques, and I do want to go into them, were those the most important you've heard? Are they essentially reciting the counterarguments of the opposition that you hear, or are there other counterarguments you want to address first? No, go ahead. Go ahead. So they start out by just saying, well, it was pretty poorly planned, and it was, and it's hasty. And nonetheless, despite it being hasty, it still won't even help anybody until 2021. Uh, unfair critique to call it hasty no the framework had really like i said no it, no it's not an unfair critique i may have asked a double negative question is, is it a, a fair or unfair critique to call it hasty i would call it uh, an unfair critique got it uh, maybe i maybe i could i could see why it would be labeled as hasty because by the time it got to metro's desk or my desk or our desk it had really been a, a developed framework, but we also admit and recognize that we referred a, a framework. It's not a fully baked uh, measure like our, our other measures have been in the past, uh, but what we did have was a you know, significant amount of commitments and a framework that was strong enough and clear enough, we felt, that could easily be detailed on the back end once the measure passes and the reason that we felt that was appropriate was you know, a regional supportive housing system like the one that we're looking to create is really quite rare, uh, I, I think. And, um, you know, the amount of 
of effort coordination to really creating and developing a program only to not have it funded would have been, you know, it's, it's a, it's a catch 22 in my opinion. I felt like given the urgency of the crisis that we're seeing, uh, seeing the writings on, on the wall of what, of what might happen in the future if we don't act now, um, the, the framework was appropriate. How does it differ? Help us differentiate between the 2018 housing bond and uh, that you all put forward and what's happening now in 2020 with measure uh, 26210. Yeah, absolutely. The 2018 affordable housing bond uh, and just in general, bonds are meant to be used on capital projects. That means that you can only build stuff and you know the voters are supposed to be able to point to something that that they paid for that was outlined in in, in that measure. The affordable housing bond measure uh, promised the voters 3,900 affordable units throughout the region, and we worked with different housing authorities and in, in, in the public housing authorities in the region to help deliver those. And what we did was we worked on a on a local implementation strategy, which took us, you know anywhere between 12 to 15 months, depending on the jurisdiction's capacity to, 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 uh, to step up and, and, and really be able to, to lay out how, where we're going to put the units, how deeply affordable are they going to be, things that were stipulated in the measure, et cetera. Uh, the supportive housing measure is, is the, other, the other side of just building the house, right? Putting up, putting up the frames and the windows and the doors, et cetera. The supportive housing measure is about really targeting the most vulnerable people in our economy, in our region, that are experiencing chronic homelessness or episodic homelessness or, or are at the verge of becoming homeless. I mean, the truth is that you know, some people really need a lot more targeted wraparound services to help them stay housed, you know, and, and for services like case management, mental health care, addiction and recovery treatment, job training, housing assistance, and culturally specific services. These kind of services are, are what someone that is experiencing homeless would need to access in order to exit homelessness. The reality of the system is that you know proven solutions exist, and this, this is something that we've, this is a term that we've used a lot, that proven solutions exist. The, the fact of the matter is that in the system, you just have such long wait lists and wait times for people to access those services because the need continues to grow and grow and grow. Um, the housing measure, the supportive housing measure, they're just, they're just parts of the solution as we work towards a more comprehensive solution in the region, building more affordable units at every price point um, and continuing to, to meet the demand of the future. That's what I see. How do you end up coming up with the number? It's two, what is it? $250 million a year for 10 years, overall $2.5 billion. I hope I have those numbers right. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. What's the discussion that leads to 10 years and $250 million a year? Is it just because you know most of us are blessed with 10 fingers and toes, and 250 <laughs> sounds like a pretty good number? How do you come up with that number? Absolutely. So, so uh, the 10 years was uh, decided on, by uh, by the council and by the Get Together framework in terms of feeling like it was uh, 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 a healthy time framework to implement a measure to see success. And the measure does have a, a hard sunset, which would require voters to renew. Uh, 
many of us on the council felt like that was important to inspire voter confidence that we would want to re-earn their trust. Uh, there was definitely a um, an effort to make a measure with no sunset that could have you know resources coming in in the long term, and that that's important too for us to consider. I mean, I definitely hope that once this measure is successful in 10 years, that we can ask the voters again because you know in 10 years there's still going to be elder elderly folks on Social Security that that need some rent assistance to stay housed. There's no question. That, that there are some segments of the, of the population that will always need help to stay housed to make sure we don't become homeless. Um, and so that, that, that was definitely, um, I would say, uh, a, a political decision to, to, try, to continue to inspire uh, trust in the voters. The $250 million, that was uh, that was a little more precise uh, in terms of calculations of the cost, the average cost of serving someone that met certain criteria. I mean, for example, the, in the measure, we, we called out the outcomes of serving 5,000 folks experiencing homelessness and approximately 10,000 households experiencing who, who may become homeless or experience episodic homelessness, depending on the definition there. Um, and, the, and the numbers were really derived from the average cost of, of the different segments of people that would benefit from these resources. And uh, that, I, I don't know if that's, if that's super clear, but I mean, describing the formula when we saw it, I, it, it, it made complete sense to me in terms of the calculation and it was vetted with you know, Eco Northwest and, and national organizations, third party independent organizations. And uh, those were all the kind of elements that I know I needed to see to, to feel like, you know what, this is definitely the right measure. This is, these are the solutions that we need to take to the voters and, and here we are. Is Bob Stacey the only member of the Metro Council who's been around for 10 years? And, and for him, I think that's maybe barely, I forget his first year. My The reason for the question is I suspect in 10 years, we can't expect any current member of the Metro Council to still be there. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, I think I mean, I'm not Bob, trying to kick you out of your job. <laughs> I think Bob has been in the role for at least eight years because he's running for re-election for his final term. So, you know, we have three terms for four years each. Uh, I actually think that I, since I am on my on year two and I would technically have 12 years, I might be there right near the end of, of 2030-ish. So I might be there, Jefferson, actually. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I think the spirit of your comment is right. That, you know, there will be a different council at that time. And I think that's a good thing because you'll be able, they'll be able to, you know, look back on the history of the work with a with a different investment, a different understanding of it, and hopefully, you know, we've done a good job. What was the hardest thing to figure out in the measure? The hardest thing to figure out in the measure was um, oversight and how the different counties would get uh, their resources, like how we would distribute. The, the resources was it based on population was it based on you know tax money generated within the district was it based on any other you know figure that that was out there and uh, thankfully we were able to come to an agreement uh, pretty soon um, which which made me happy but it was definitely one of those sticking points that you would that you would hear either you know commissioners or mayors talk about etc and uh, I was just really happy that we were able to to, to, to create
create something that was fair and, and equitable for the region. And how did you decide to divvy it up by population? We did not decide to do it by population. We decided to uh, distribute the resources based on where the money came from. So, you know, for example, when you, I think I have some data points here that I can pull up. Um, I know that you're doing some. Yeah, as you're looking, I know we reported on those numbers and on the percentages, but I don't think we reported, I don't think we passed along the information of what those percentages were based on. Or if we did, I don't remember it. So it is useful if you remind. And as you're getting that, I'll say that our crack research team jibes with your memory. Bob Stacy did, in fact, start serving in 2012. Mm. Nice. <laughs> uh so, all right, real quick, the Multnomah County would receive uh, 45.3%. I think that the, in, the share of the population of the region, Multnomah County is around 48, 49% of the region. So there's a, there's a few percentage points different there. Washington County will receive 33.3%, and Clackamas County will receive 21.3%. Um, those, those numbers were... Uh, were estimated from what we received from our you know, independent consultants that created the framework in terms of expectations of where that revenue would come from down the line. So for the first two years of the measure, we would be using these estimates in terms of where we where we think we would see the revenue. And at year three, once we have the actual of, of where we were able to collect the, the taxes from each specific county, then we would slightly update the formula so that it's more you know, uh, in line with reality with what we're seeing. Based on tax revenue coming in. So Washington County tax revenue is projected to be 33.3% of the overall revenue that comes in for this, and therefore you're going to send out 33.3% back to Washington County for homeless services. Mm-hmm. Say again, the what's the most valuable kind of service that this is going to fund? You already said it. It's, this is not for building stuff. Those are capital projects. That's what we did in yeah. 2018. This is for service services. What are the most valuable kind of services so people can understand the sort of stuff the money is going to be spending on? Yeah, and uh, you know, one of our one of our biggest criticisms on the measure has been that you know the the opposition will say that uh, we have no idea where the money is going, and that's far from the truth. Um, well, one thing that I learned when I became an elected official, especially having you know, the opportunity to be a lot more hands-on with policy around homelessness and housing, unlike I, I had before, was that you know, homelessness is really caused by so many different variables. There's no single thing that you can point at and you know kind of you know come out of the argument with a with a silver bullet to say that you have the cure-all, be-all for for something like this. So in reality, you know, the the service funds you know, quite a different uh, set of, of services. And I think I mentioned them a, a little earlier, and we let me, let me make sure I find the, the list here. You know, the the measure would fund services in in areas like case management, mental health care, addiction and recovery treatment, job training. So it sounds like it's mostly personnel. This is hiring primarily personnel, people to work with, social workers, et cetera, to work with Service people experiencing homeless, experiencing homelessness to uh, to help them figure out their next step. Absolutely. You know, this is just about, you know, people that need that help, that need that support when, you know, when they, when they ask for the help to make sure that it's there. And I think for too long the help hasn't been there. 
and um, that's just there's there's when you learn about how the system really works, it's really frustrating. And uh, this measure is about really opening up channels of help that have never really been seen before. I would say in the country, I mean per capita, this is one of the largest investments that any region has ever made for context for context. And I think this is really important. In Los Angeles, and, and just a few years ago, they passed a pretty historic uh, service levy that was, you know, similar in framework, et cetera, for three hundred million dollars a year, and that made national headlines. But you know, how much bigger is Los Angeles than us? And uh, you know, we're stepping up with the resources to meet the to meet the crisis right now. Whereas you know Los Angeles knew that it was a, a, a drop in the bucket, but a, a, a step in the right direction. You know, we we really had the the kind of leadership here, the kind of vision for us to say we don't want to you know be like other regions and on the West Coast or around the country that haven't done enough when when they were growing at the rate that we're growing. And we see the writing on the walls in the future, and we're going to do something right now. Juan Carlos Gonzalez, thank you so much for this. I do think it is important an important conversation and step in at least this. I'll pass forward a conversation I had with former a former mayor. It was actually when mm-hmm. Sam Adams was mayor. And he said, you know, it was a time when there were a bunch of protests on the steps of City Hall. Because, you know, there's all these folks who were protesting here, and that's totally okay, you know. But they ought to be protesting Washington County because Portland, the city of Portland, is spending a lot, and the county of Multnomah is spending a lot on housing and homeless services. But mm-hmm. in, but Washington County isn't spending as much, and they aren't carrying their freight. And it does seem like the focus on Metro has some justification, so it isn't all funded by Portland. Is that a fair statement? Absolutely. You know, this is homelessness is a systemic issue that knows no boundaries. And uh, Clackamas County and Washington County rightfully recognize that they need to be part of the solution, and um, and that's exactly what this measure is all about. Juan Carlos Gonzalez, thanks so much for the time. It was really nice getting a chance to chat. Yeah, and maybe we'll have to grab coffee one of these days, when, you know, in a few months. That'd be nice, man. Hope you're healthy. Hope you're healthy. Hope you're safe. All right, thank you, Jefferson. I really appreciate it.